Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. Here comes the rocket from center. Crosses the blue line. Moves it on goal. Shoots. He scores. Henrik scores. Henrik Sedin on the power play, and it's 3-0. Sven Merchik. With the power play goal, one second left in the penalty. It was the power play which ended up costing the Vancouver Canucks. Pass the puck to Hamhuis, he shoots, he scores! Oh, man. Dan Hamhuis, Canucks are four for five on the power play, and they lead five to two. Besser scores! What a pass! It's an eight-game point streak for Brock Besser. And the Canucks have scored on their last three power plays. It's 4 nothing. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the PP1 podcast. I'm your host, Braden Ursel, and with me today, Ted Wong. How you doing, buddy? Yo, Brady, your voice is sounding extra sultry <laughs> today. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe got up and brushed his hair a little a little better, put a little extra gel in. If he's feeling good today, the voice is sounding extra smooth, man. Maybe you're not sick anymore, that probably helps as well. Yeah, feeling a lot better, you know. I, uh, I was pretty sick last week. Um, but I'm back now, episode 20. Uh, we just got off the phone with Doug Venn of Canucks Speak Easy. Great conversation coming your way. Uh, I don't know about the halfway mark of this episode. Yeah, so stick with us. Yeah, we got talking on that. We got talking about the uh, MVP line. Well, first off, episode 20. Yeah, so that's what we're going to call it. Yeah. Episode 20, MVP, baby. MVP. Well, who is your favorite number 20? Ooh. Ooh, I don't even know. I think I think I'm the only one I can think of is Chris Higgins. Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. So Higgy, you get this is this is the MVP yeah. slash Higgy episode. Yeah, most valuable podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right, we we're here. Uh not much has happened since last week. We had the All-Star game. <clears throat> yeah. Our Canucks fun. actually we won the All-Star game. And uh we played who did we play? The uh Stanley Cup champions, uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh this week, you know, Ryan Hank cannot join us. He's in Vegas. So why don't we just jump into it and talk about the All-Star Weekend, man? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm not generally on the on the, the bandwagon of taking part in mm-hmm. watching and being pumped about All-Star Games or All-Star festivities. I mean, you've, that's just kind of like All-Star Games in, in all the leagues, really. I don't really care about the basketball All-Star Game. I mean, in the NFL, they're playing two-hand touch now in, in the Pro Bowl, so it's like... It's yeah. not. It's never that great. I mean, the quarterback challenge seems to be pretty fun to watch in the NFL. Yeah. <clears throat> I always seem to enjoy the skills challenges, and, and it's actually usually an AHL player that blows me away more than the NHL stuff. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Martin Furk. Yeah. Um, 100 and, 110 or 109 mile per hour slap shot or something like that. So not a very big guy, really pounded the puck. Um, but the skills comps are always fun. We had a bunch of guys participate in events. Markstrom was there. Um, for the goalie challenge, we had Hughes' fastest skater, maybe a bit overmatched, mm-hmm. um, but still fun to get him out there because we know the vets always put the rooks in for that stuff. Um, and then Petey was there dropping bombs. Yeah, man. Yeah, so 102.4 miles yeah, so per hour? I don't crazy. know. The last thing we heard about it was the, the Mika Zibanejad shoot, um, shoot off, I guess. Yeah. I don't even know what to call that. Where he like just came in under to Zibanejad, and I think it was mm-hmm. like 100 and 
99 or versus 101 or something like that. So yeah, and uh, then, Petey's really stepped his game up. Yeah, and this year, it's it's pretty neat to see, and I think it goes a long way in what players we have and how unique they are. Elias Pettersson's the only forward in the hardest shot competition. Yeah, and not only just the only forward, but 170-pound forward. Yeah, and then Quinn Hughes is the only defenseman, I believe, in the fastest skater competition. Yeah, very, very cool stuff. I mean, uh, Is that just coincidence, or does that kind of speak about their game a little bit and you know how unique they have been this year? That I, I think it's kind of... It speaks to both, really. I mean... Mm-hmm. Um, both those both those guys and, and Markstrom included in this have really all, all had breakout seasons um, more so than 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 Petey last year. I mean, Petey was amazing last year, but I think sometimes when you're coming in as a second year player, it's all about avoiding the sophomore slump. And right. and all he's really done is sort of establish himself as yeah. the key cog that drives this offense and mm-hmm. and stirs the drink. And and I think I mean we've talked about it all season that Hughes might be just as valuable to this team as Petey is. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, on an equal level. Jacob Markstrom, where are we without him? So all three of those guys are very deserving to be there. And uh, yeah, man, it was really, really cool to see. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's one of those things where you really want your player to get into the All-Star game. But then it comes around and you remember, like, it's not the same hockey. But it's still fun to see your players there. Like, I was really excited that Markstrom made the All-Star game. But is he playing... Like an all-star goaltender at the all-star game? No. <laughs> I think right. he's, a, I think he's like, a top goaltender. And oh, that, for sure. Yeah, so. I just mean, no goalie plays like an all-star at the game, right? Like, Yeah. I swear, like, half those goals. Kirk McLean had a, had a good all-star game, I remember, one year. <laughs> yeah, but uh, crazy thing, I think the Twitter world blew up about it. Um, Wayne Gretzky commenting on Quinn Hughes. Did you see it? Yeah, this uh, geez, this kid's pretty good. That guy's yeah. the, that young young lad's a defenseman. He's got he's got better hands than I do. Hey, quote for quote, right yeah. there, man. Comes in down and uh, just a nice quick move backhand, I believe, and just, great pass. Just, just filthy, filthy. Yeah. He pretty did, sick. He did the uh, like the kind of like Datsu dangle sort of deal, right? So. Um, skills and he just looks like he could skate miles and days and look effortless doing it out there especially three on three yeah and another thing that we got to see that actually kind of crushed my soul a little bit was Petey and Hughes who did they skate with the most uh, they they they, was they, it only they, they skated no it wasn't <laughs> they skated around with with everybody's favorite shithead Matthew, Matthew Kachuk. Kachuk yeah so but man they looked really good together and it just makes you really want a guy like Matthew Kachuk yeah. on our team like how much closer would we be to a Stanley Cup with that guy he was arguably the most exciting player throughout those games he was man, yeah. he had the crazy deeks he, I don't think he hit the net on any of them but flipping his puck up on a breakaway trying to bat it out with seconds left like yeah. that's a that's a fun exciting player and uh, for a St. Louis club, I was pretty excited to see him too. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think the kind of the last thing about the All Star game that was, I think, the majority of people's favorite part was the women's game. Like that yeah. was unreal. And uh, I'm gonna guess here on the statistic I saw about that goalie for um, what, what was her name? Dejour or De, uh, anyway, she has like 56 shutouts. Yes. In like 99 games played yeah so they insane they i can't remember what yeah i can't remember like a ridiculous amount of their games and 56 of the wins were shutouts so um basically if she's winning she's pretty much getting a shutout yeah insane um but yeah that ladies game was by far the most exciting event of um of the all-star game it was i was 
Um, a little tick that we didn't get to see uh, a couple of females take part in the skills comp because mm-hmm. uh, I really think yeah, they had a lot sweet. of show. I think, uh, especially last year during Fast Skater, that was just like that was awesome. Man. She was balling out there. And she just looked like dominant, blazing around those corners. But yeah, those girls are, are not just there for an all-star event. They're trying to um, to pump their game, and and it's a, a bit of an equal rights situation where it comes to a work environment where these women can get paid to to do a sport that they love. Um, very similar to what went on when you know they're trying to get the WNBA up and running, uh, and. Uh, almost like to an extent being taken advantage of in their current leagues. So um, the best players in the world are not playing in the current women's leagues. They're, they're out boycotting and, and we really did get to see like the cream of the crop. Yeah, that game was really cool. Definitely coming a long way this year, uh, building off last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and to close out the all-star weekend, we close it out with the Pacific division win. Yeah. And uh, it's funny to say because pretty much the entire league has been saying Pacific's been the weakest division <laughs> all year. And now they win the All-Star game. They got a lot of stars. They they did, and they looked downright dominant doing it. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I guess it, it always will come down to you know what players you have at your disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they definitely had some nice players at their disposal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they looked like they were the best team out there, and I don't for think sure. it was an accident. No. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty much the All-Star game. It was, I actually enjoyed watching it this year, I will say. Uh, but we'll jump into the one single game uh, this week. Uh, as the Canucks were back in action against the St. Louis Blues, the Stanley Cup champions. And they won 3-1. to one. Yeah, it, uh, that's like a good measuring stick game, especially after, uh, especially after the All-Star game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Another another home win as well. They've been downright dominant at home for the last little bit. So if they can mm-hmm. continue to establish that benchmark of being a tough home team, Jeez, what is that? Nine wins in a row. Yeah, nine now? in a row. That's going to make them a really tough outcome playoff time if they're in that. Um, mm-hmm. If they're in the dance, because uh, you know when a team is, can say that they can probably steal all three games at home, then uh, that's just a good thing. Right. But yeah, we're in it against the Stanley Cup champs. There is a couple situations during that game where they look like they're just going to bear down and take it to us. But it was a bit of a bend but don't break thing. They looked like they could control the game for the most part. They right. never looked out of it. They never looked way out of control, um, like they were just getting pumped or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't um, this performance where we felt like we had to rely 100% on our goaltender. Yeah. Um, who looked really good. Could have been his best game. Yeah, it could have been his best game. But yeah, man, it was an, a solid statement game. So uh, we're not watching the game that's being played right now in San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be interested to see what goes on in that game there. Yeah, but, for um, sure. Yeah, it was a really, really a nice game to watch. Definitely. Um, what I thought was <clears throat> Miller was absolutely sensational in that game. And he proved... Maybe why he should have been an NHL All-Star. Comes out, down two, one nothing, and he pots two nice goals. And he's pretty much a point per game. Been solid all, all year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Maybe what can, even the MVP of that MVP line. What can you not say about it? But, I mean, he appeared on that list during the, during the yeah. cast of, of, like, best bargains acquired mm-hmm. via trade. So, um, you know, even me proving, proving, proving me to flip to the other side a little bit that that maybe was the right trade i still you know even 
as we'll find talking to Doug about that, that first round draft pick that did have to be given up mm-hmm. and how it's, even though it was a great trade, it's sort of, sort of still sort of handcuffing us a little bit. Right. He's done just absolute wonders for this team and really helped solidify and establish like a, a veteran presence who was maybe a little bit better than his previous team thought he was. Yeah, and you know, it was really nice to see about that whole game. Like they, they came out, I was not expecting them to win that game. And no. I thought that was one of the best games. Were you thinking like maybe just a hangover? I just or? thought, you know, half the were in Mexico. You know, they're <laughs> going to have a little bit of a hangover and they're going back home and they're playing, you know, one of the best teams in the league. And uh, But they came together. It was one of those games I really enjoyed watching. And then that final, that third period, Demko, man, he was, he was, he Ooh. killed off that, that power play and then that huge pad save. And then, uh, you know, Bo Horvat pots the one in the, in, in the empty net at the end of the game there. Yeah, Demko just... Man, he just he looks more and more like the real deal every time we get to see him play, and mm-hmm. um, I can only think that there's going to be more starts in his future as we head down the stretch, sort of like we've all been clamoring think, for. Eh? But I mean, yeah, what do you what do you think? What do you think the goalie starts are going to look like over the next little bit based on that last performance and and the amount of usage that Marshall's gone through? See, the difference for me, as I think, as we saw Demko get the start before the All Star game followed by the start after the All-Star game, extending Markstrom's time away from the net to about, I believe it's 12 or 13 days. I think that strategy to try to get him as much rest as possible because I think they're going to ride him pretty heavy down the stretch here. Um, And I mean, why not, right? If he's winning games, he's ready, right? So it's going to be interesting, but I'm going to say they ride Markstrom hard. Yeah, I think there's like a really interesting road trip coming up here too. There's like, uh, I think you had it in your notes here, Brady, but it's it's uh, San Jose, mm-hmm. uh, then New York, and right. I believe New York again. Is that right? No, it's the Islanders, and then I believe but they don't go to uh, Carolina, Boston, Minnesota. Right, and so you may actually miss out on the Rangers. I think when you when you put that up on the bulletin board of where these guys are traveling around on a world map, like that's a pretty wonky road trip. Yeah, it's kind of they're, strange they're, from coast to coast. Yeah, they're they're literally jumping all over the place. And I think this is what kind of makes mm-hmm. Vancouver a weird place to play. Like that doesn't seem like a lot of foresight going into it. And there's that much travel being logged on these guys, like a stop off in Minnesota before heading back home, just after you've played. Uh, the Bruins and Carolina, which is kind of all over the place mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you slide in that New York game between Boston. That seems like a decent amount of travel. But that's a that's a big, nasty, ugly loop with like a shit ton of miles it's, put on them. So I think if you're right, Brady. I think if there was a time to maybe see Demko a little bit, mm-hmm. it's probably this one before that run happens. Yeah, it, it's a weird schedule for sure. It's almost kind of like, okay, what we're this far into the season... What teams have the Canucks not played yet? How can we kind of piece this together? <laughs> it right? really you feels know? like they're kind of just like cramming. You know, their bit, flight yeah. path is like a star across the freaking North America. Um, but yeah, uh, other thing about the game that I I didn't like that much is I don't think we converted on the power play, and the power play has yeah. been falling pretty hard. And here at the PP One Podcast, Ryan Hank always likes to pump it up. Uh, but yeah, we are a power play podcast, and our power play is not doing so well. I think. I think you were saying it's only scored like three times in the last nine games. I believe I could be wrong on this, but I think it's three in the last nine games, not including the San Jose game. Yeah, and the now. percentage is slowly dropping. I believe it's twenty three point four percent, you know, converting on the power play, which is still seventh in the league. And the PK is isn't really doing much of positive or negative. They're still sitting there at fourteenth. 
Mediocre. That seems to be a volatile word on, on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, People mediocre. don't like the word mediocre. They're a team very... like that. A mediocre team like that. Yeah, people, <laughs> people have a hard time. People don't like the word mediocre thinking that it's like a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Some people are using the word mediocre like it's just average, like medium, mediocre, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, but they're just that man. Like they're 14th in the league. The, the power, the power play is sitting, you know, 23.4%. You were saying, so that's good for seventh in the league now. Um, but yeah, when you're when you're hovering around two, three, four for the start of the season, uh, I think a little bit has to do with, hey, maybe we need to change things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's from a personnel perspective. I believe that it's from a coaching perspective. Systems are probably a thing there. Uh, you add to that that there's, you know, there's all stars in this team. We're being scouted pretty hard. Uh, a lot of attention's being paid. Uh, there's probably a lot of work being done in practice to plan for something like this, or a, or a matchup versus the Canucks, um, and a lot of pre-scouting on the way that the power play is operating early in the season. So, I think that the coaching staff needs to do a bit of an adjust here and change things around a bit. And I think again that it probably has something to do with the system. Yeah. So again, my opinion, but it's a. Uh, I think we're getting a little bit of a bounder head against the wall thing happening here. Yeah, I kind of think we're just in a spot right now where we're just we're not getting the goals. And I personally, I like the way the the unit's set up. I like the way they're moving the puck around, and the goals are going to come back. You think so? You think that the current, like the current. I mean, I think uh, from game to game, you kind of got to move the puck around a little differently. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got a couple guys are going to put that puck away. Yeah, I think. I mean. There's some things that you notice about the way the current power play is running. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of just quicker decisions, quicker shots off. Right. Um, the <laughs> the drop pass thing still just like oh my en- god. enrages oh my me. God. Like, what a waste of Quinn Hughes. But yeah, I think uh, it just seems a little stale. I don't know. I agree. I don't know. Uh, the drop pass has been stale for about 10 years now. <laughs> <laughs> Please go away, drop pass. But uh, one thing I noticed... Uh, we we missed out on a penalty. Patterson, his attention to detail, like he's right there in his own end, right in the scrum, trying to figure out the, where, what's happening, and he notices that there's seven Canucks on the ice, mm-hmm. and he skates off before uh, before a before penalty, before notices. a whistle, right? And they're out there for a while, and he's able to figure it out, look around, count the players. You can see him counting the players and then jumping off. Pretty neat. He's a very talented player. Doesn't this remind you of like I think the Twins were just famous for this. They would. They would just be like absolute predators when, and I don't, I'm not talking about Nashville. They were just absolute predators when they were anywhere near their own bench and they mm-hmm. noticed that there was an additional player yeah. out out on the ice from the opposing team and they would just shoot the puck at them. Yeah. So the second that it hit that player, there was the refs had no choice but to call a penalty because there was a sixth guy on the ice Yeah. Uh, and, and away you go. But these guys are just geniuses. And they proved that, and 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 I I feel like we're seeing a lot of those traits from from Petey for just how much of a student of the game he is. I would agree. And so heads up, he's he's crazy. Um, I actually had I got someone coming in uh, right on my on my website, and he's mentioning he's talking about Elias Pettersson possibly being nominated for the King Clancy Award. What do you think about that? I mean, there's a lot of season left to be played, and. If he goes on a run, then why not? I guess, right? I mean, uh, well, he's like speaking of the Sedins, right? They, they they're the only two players to capture that award. Yeah, which is as still, one. still seems weird. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. We're gonna give this to both you guys because <laughs> yeah. you're like if I'm the twins, twins. if I'm the twins, I'm kind of like you know, like Thanks. we 
We are two different people. <laughs> we got drafted together. <laughs> yeah, like we don't have to do everything together. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, of course, of course it can happen. I think it's bold to like single out one guy, but I mean, there's one guy on every team that could possibly win that award. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So interesting prediction, but yeah, I think that we definitely have to see what the season brings over the next half. Yeah. All right, I want to switch things up a little bit on you. Okay. Uh, I know sometimes watching Super Bowl can be, it's a fun time, but it's never a fun time for a Browns fan. Um, Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a big Browns fan. Um, not many people are, but you stick with them, man. It's, it's good to see. Uh, who's winning it, man? Uh, who's winning the Super Bowl? So that D-line in San Francisco is just damn right scary, and I think these teams match up really well. Mm-hmm. That D-line being so good makes the linebackers better. It makes the DBs better. It, it forces more pressure on the quarterback. Um, but I just think that that Kansas City team has too much skill, yeah. and Mahomes I just like so much more than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I mean, porn star Jimmy has done a, a really good job sort of just like being the guy to not screw it up. But I have like this sneaking suspicion that it's, you know, it's very possible that Kansas City could just be, I'm not going to say the next Patriots, but they could be the next like dynasty-ish team mm-hmm. and start going on a run because there is a ridiculous amount of skill there. Yeah. Um, aside from all those first-round draft picks that are playing in San Francisco. But it could be it could be a real fun game. And I think Mahomes is obviously the X factor. Yeah, it's going to come down to Mr. Ketchup himself. I'm a Broncos fan, so I can't really cheer for him. Uh, yeah, gonna be a good time. Super Bowl. What is it? Fifty yeah, who million. Do you, who do you think's gonna? Who do you think's gonna? I, aside from who you feel, I like honestly you think Kansas City's gonna take it. But uh, at the end of the day, honestly, I don't even care. Yeah, I think the right two teams are there. <clears throat> but yeah, um, I actually even heard things about Tom Brady actually moving on from the Patriots. But anyway, that's a discussion for yeah, a, a, for a different podcast. We're, <laughs> we're a Vancouver Canucks based podcast, and uh, I heard some rumblings today that uh, Winnipeg Jets are looking for a top four D man. Do you think the Canucks? Offer up uh, a defender. All right, I think we're kind of in that in that point right now where we're not giving up any of our defensemen because we're pushing for the playoffs and it's just way too tight in the Pacific Division. But do you think maybe we maybe offer him a guy like Stetcher or Ben, or is that just something Winnipeg's not interested in? Uh, I I think if they're looking for a top four defender, then I don't know if Ben's in that conversation. No. Um, I think. Stetcher could be a top four on a lot of teams. I don't know if he's a top four in Winnipeg. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, either. maybe not. I, I'm not sure if he's a top four on a, on a, on a playoff team. They're, they're, they're a funny team, right? Because they've got so many nice players who are making a decent amount of mm-hmm. money, and like the majority of those players are homegrown, right? So they're kind of a victim of their own success a little bit, except for the level of success hasn't resulted in deep, deep playoff runs to this point. So... Uh, I feel like it's taken a really, really, really long time, but like Winnipeg Pig fans are like finally out of that honeymoon stage, yeah. and they're like kind of getting annoyed. But uh, I mean, some funny things happen in Winnipeg. I guess Stetcher could be dangled mm-hmm. if they feel like they're in a spot to make it. Then maybe they go after a guy like Stetcher yeah. if they feel like it's a cheap rental option. If I'm Vancouver and all I'm getting is a cheap offer, then I'm probably yeah. not making that trade. They probably just stand pat. I think. What would you do? I mean, I think we've kind of lost. I think, the, like you said, they're looking for a top four D man. The only guy that really fits that bill is Chris Tanev. And we've lost the Tanev connection in Winnipeg. 
with Brandon Tanev going be like off a, to Pittsburgh. Be like a replacement. <laughs> yeah, so that'd be a reason for Chris to want to go to Winnipeg. But um, you look, I think, uh, I think that where the Canucks are right now, they have to stand pat yeah. or add to the team. They're not subtracting players right now. I think, I think Chris Tanev has made, uh, he's he's. He's recruited a lot of, or re-recruited a lot of believers in his game in the last little while, and why not, right? He's he's really played well. Um, knock on wood that he's going to stay healthy, but that's always a fear for him. But I, I've been on the trade Tanev uh, bandwagon for a while now. Mm-hmm. Not so much last year because he almost he had no value to trade for, right? <laughs> so, um, but I really think that that's the one guy that's really a tradable asset that's sitting on that D line that. If we, I said D-line, but if we don't make the playoffs or even in the offseason for that matter, if they have to commit to too much term and too much dollar, that that's a guy that can be moved because he'll look real good as somebody's second pairing defenseman and not a first pairing defenseman. We yeah. have to lean on him so much. And we could get like a pretty decent return. Right. I just don't know if that management group's ever going to want to trade him. Right. No, I agree. Like, what do you think is going to happen when it comes time to resign? It's... It's tough because, you know, we're looking here at the Canucks offseason. Um, and it's, I'm not sure if it's exactly accurate. It's a pretty close estimate. But it's projected that we're going to have around $19 million to $20 million in spending cash mm-hmm. next year. And we got some big contracts. I mean, kind of all the contracts you expected to kind of stay the same, in my opinion. All those players on those expiring contracts are having breakout years. Uh, Jake Furtanen. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he got hurt, Josh Lebo, uh, Adam Gaudet, uh, even Tyler Mott, and uh, you know, and you also even have Tanev, Stetcher, Markstrom, uh, and other guys like Schaller, Grayovac, Goldobin, Vandenberg. It's yeah, gonna be an interesting offseason. There's some fun. There's some funny ones in there. I don't know if I'm. Ready. I just got. Sorry, I got a whole list kind of here of just all the main roster players yeah. that are uh, expiring contracts. I don't. I don't know if I'm considering. Uh, Adam Gaudet is a breakout player yet because I hope this isn't his breakout season. I want to see way more than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're gonna have to pay him a little bit. I, yeah. I don't think he's probably gonna get too much more than a you know, sort of st- standard yeah. one-way yeah. contract, right? Right. Um, uh, you know, Tyler Mott. Or, yeah, Mott is like a, a bit of a strange one because uh, you know he skates really well, mm-hmm. um, but I think. Unfortunately for Mott, I think he's probably somewhat of an easy, easy replaceable player. Yeah. So if he demands too much money, then I think they'll just let him walk for a cheaper alternative. Yeah, I think, well, right away, I think you axe off Schaller. Maybe not axe them, but you take these guys, you kind of put them aside, and you go Schaller, Mott, Dreovac, Goldobin. These are guys we can afford to get lose. Yeah, or if and you then don't you... want to go away, stay at a reasonable right. chunk so we don't have to pay. And then you look at, you know... The big, more important players like Vertanen, Gaudet, Tanev, Stetcher, Markstrom. There's no way we're signing all those players. So you kind of have to pick and choose. Yeah. I, I, I Again, I think Stetcher's going to be a, a funny one because they're going to qualify him. Yeah. Um, I've been, heard, the, I've been the, hearing The Tanev thing about... is a weird thing too, right? Because we don't even know. Oh, man. Like, if we get locked up into like a five-year term with, with Chris well, Tanev. the worst. Like, what happens then when he's like... Three-year max for me on Tanev. Maybe, yeah. maybe four. I but... think he's earned himself wherever he goes mm-hmm. the right to a three or four year deal. I just don't know if it's going to be this. He really wants to re sign in Vancouver. 
That's the word on the street. Well, I would I would really want to resign in Vancouver. Yeah. My, I know that my GM hands out big contracts. Honestly, I think the Canucks <laughs> need Chris Tanev. I, do, I don't like the look of that defense group next year without a guy like Tanev. If you're taking a guy like Stetcher over Tanev, personally, in my opinion, Tanev, when he's healthy, way more valuable. So I'll pose you I'll pose you this because I think it's just like my job to play devil's advocate in this role. Yeah. But what would you think if if you got a first round draft pick or like a high I would take I second would, round draft pick or like a second round draft pick and like a plus prospect? That's the thing. I would take first round pick for Chris Townov. That's yeah. it. So did, knowing that we, we we don't have a current first round. And even rate, then, I'm not even sure. Like yeah, I mean that's a big return. I, okay, but... one more way of spinning this: Would you have traded? Would you have traded Chris Tanev for JT Miller? Ooh, uh, back then, yes, one hundred percent. Because essentially, we'd sort of be doing that if we were to replace that first or a second and a prospect. Right. 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 So okay, I see what you're saying. So it's just another way of looking at because essentially we traded a first right. for Tanev. So right. I like that. It's just kind of another weird way of looking at it. But no, for sure, for it's, sure. It's, it's, and we can only look at it that way with Tanner because I think he's currently the only guy there that, that has perceived value, right? So No, for sure. Um, I mean, you know, Adler's not going anywhere. Uh, Myers has a no-movement clause in the, only the first year of his contract. Yeah, there's some... And those are the only really valuable players. You know, you're not moving Quinn Hughes, so... There, there's like... And I don't know if this is legit or not, exposing him in the expansion draft. Which one? Myers. Yeah, we can. Yeah. So... I feel like if Vancouver feels like they've made that mistake, then that could be not, exactly. not saying it is. We a have mistake, one more year to figure it out. But it, it isn't out, right? right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. And they're gonna have to reach the floor, right? So that honestly could be big for us. So there's some there's some I mean, obviously we're in the now. We're we're talking about making playoffs and I hope that they don't make any big moves. I believe that the window for this team is next year if they're gonna make some moves. Mm-hmm. But let's see what you got with the players you got on your roster and then you know who you're gonna have to build around for next year if you decide to go for the run. Okay. So let me ask you this. Out of those kind of core players in the expiring contracts for Tannen, Gaudet, That's Tanev, Stetcher, <laughs> and Markstrom. Okay. You have to cut one. Who's gone? So for Tannen, Gaudet, Stetcher, and Markstrom. You got it. Um, well... I guess it depends on who wants the most money, but I think the guys that are in danger of getting the cut in this one, mm-hmm. uh, it can't be Vertanen. No. Uh, unless some sort of trade manifests itself for a team that's looking for a power forward, because those guys are always going to be on the block. Yeah. Um, it can't be Gaudet, because I think they've invested too much time in it, and he's just starting to show now that he's an NHL player. Um the two guys that are in danger are obviously Tanev and Stetcher, and then clearly Markstrom if he prices himself out. So, I, it has to come down to contracts. Mm-hmm. I don't know who these guys' agent, agents are, but my gut tells me that it's probably going to be Stetcher, based okay. on what the management team thinks of those group of three players. Mm-hmm. What, That's a safe what, bet. what I would do is probably Jenison Markstrom, and I would do it in a way that involves a trade. Try to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Fair and, enough. Uh, and I love Markstrom. Oh no! But yeah. Like you have a guy like Demko that you've invested in. When are you gonna When are you gonna let that pay off for you? Exactly. Um, all right, so this pretty much wraps it up for us, but there's one thing left to do. Yeah. Dudes and guys Dudes of and guys, the man. week. You go ahead, man. You okay. start us off with this way. You're going to do your guy okay. followed by your dude. Okay. 
All right. This was a tough one for, for guys for me this week, the one game. It was a good game. So my my guy, mm-hmm. uh, just based on the skills comp, is just going to be Quinn Hughes. Yeah. I was a little disappointed. Was he I thought try? He, I thought he was going to burn a little bit more. Maybe he's just a little bit more smooth than fast. Yeah. Uh, but that's not a slight, man. You're up against the best skaters in the world. Everybody said it was McDavid's to lose. Mm-hmm. That happened. And mm-hmm. I, I think that he wasn't... I don't think he did it to himself. I think that uh, Matt Barzell is just that good. Yeah, he's great. So, yeah, I think he's probably a little bit over his head. Uh, but, but he's just a young guy, and I feel like he's only going to get stronger and faster. So that'll be my dude. Or sorry, my guy. Yeah. Uh, and my, my dude's going to be Marky. So Marky, I think he yeah. was he was fun to watch. I feel like yeah. he was pretty entertaining. Um, if I could pick an honorary dude, it'd be Kevin Bieksa because <laughs> I thought he was just a starter in that whole yeah. thing. I thought he was just a super funny guy. Um, but even uh, even Markstrom during the Shooters Challenge when he was trying to stop five in a row, yeah. I can't remember who was who scored on him and he drops. Oh fuck off! Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that. Yeah, like, he knows he's mic'd up and he yeah. drops a no fuck off. So yeah, my my dude <laughs> is gonna be Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, it made, made me feel like. He was a really trying to give her in that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's the one competition where he was trying to. He's he a little annoyed. He I like that he was a little bit chapped about that. Yeah, cool to see him in the All Star game. Um, I'll go with uh, my guy of the week. I didn't really have a guy of the week to be honest, seeing as how there was only one hockey game that we won three to one. Yeah. In the comeback, so I'm actually I'm not going to nominate a guy if that's all right. Okay, that's yeah, um, man. I think we had an all around uh, good game. Like you know, you're, you have that nine day break, and then you come back. And you play the defending Stanley Cup champions, and you're down by one, and you come back and you win the game. Yeah. Um, but my dude of the week would have to be JT Miller, with honorable mention of Jake Vertanen and Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is a classic Brady thing where he says, pick one guy and everybody else that's yeah. on the show, and the, they would pick one guy, and when it's Brady's turn to pick yeah. one guy, I'm just... he, picks, he picks one guy... <laughs> Asterisks, two, All three, four guys. Well, I said I had no guys, so I had to double up on the dudes, right? So, I don't know. I like to kind of let you know what I was, my honorable mention, so to speak. Yeah. But I, if I had to give it to one, it's JT Miller. Uh, the two goals there. Not uh, not Vasily Pukholzin. <laughs> yeah, he's, he had that fight in the he KHL, did, yeah, right? Yeah. Who is uh, who is he fighting in? He, Shane? I feel like he shit kicked Shane Prince. Shane Prince, yeah, yes. former former NHLer, former yeah. second round draft pick. Uh, well, Cal- he kind of got that. No, oh, was it Calgary? No, it was. Probably the Islanders, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And he, uh, but Pod Colson kind of got that high stick up on him. He did, and so he had to fight him. But, but then man, the kid looked like he he handled himself. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. that Prince guy is no uh, Zach Cassian, but at least Pod Colson, you know, he answered the bell. He answered the bell. He did. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that pretty much wraps it up for us. That wraps it up for us, and then I guess for this week. Yeah, coming up next, we'll we'll have a, a special guest in in Doug Venn. So yeah, just hang right. On. Yeah, Doug Venn is. Uh, Gonna be on the line next. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? All right, peeps, uh, a special guest joining us for the first time, the other half of Canucks Speak Easy, Doug Venn. Doug, how's it going? Hey, Ted. Uh, 
Hey, Brayden, thanks for uh, having me on the podcast this week. Yeah, everything's going good. Good, man. We appreciate you jumping on. I know, uh, you know, we had Pete on, I guess, more than a few few weeks back. He had kind of stumbled into town, and we made him we made him show up and take over for Brady, actually, <laughs> in his absence. So, um, yeah, man, nice catching up with you guys. Um, for anybody who doesn't know Canucks Speakeasy, um, they're kind of like our expansion cousins. We've, we've been dubbed or dubbed them as. Uh, we haven't claimed he's going to be the Canucks in Buffalo yet, so that's a decision. We can all be season. Canucks. Um, but yeah, a lot of cool content out there. You guys are, you know, really consistent when you're delivering it. It seems to come out every single week. The topics are fresh. Um, yeah, maybe just take, you know, five minutes and tell us a little bit about, you know, what you guys got going on and and what's new with Connect Speakeasy and a little bit of an intro, um, of yourself for the people who don't know who Doug Venn, Venn Diagram is. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the kind words. Uh, yeah. Uh, Pete Gass. Uh, as he's better known on Twitter, uh, him and I work together, and we've both been major Canucks fans for years, and uh, we would always kind of joke in the office about starting a podcast, you know, just because we would always bug everyone in the office about the Canucks, we'd always talk about the Canucks, we're like, you know what, we need to just have our own platform where we can just get all our Canucks, you know, highs and lows, and how we're feeling about the team out together, so this summer... You know, we were inspired somewhat, you know, by the passing of Jason Botchford. You know, mm-hmm. the whole life's too short thing. Let's get on this. Let's do it. And the community's been great, man. Like, everybody's been really nice and really supportive to one another. You guys, like you said, are kind of our expansion cousins. You know, I believe there was like a, maybe a week between our first episode and your guys' first episode. And <laughs> yeah. you guys have been nothing but supportive and nice and kind to us. And we want to reciprocate that back to everybody else. It's it's amazing how often people talk about how negative and toxic Canucks Twitter is. I don't know the circles those people are rolling in, but I know the circles <laughs> I'm rolling in have been nothing but positive and nothing but supportive to what Pete and I are doing. And yeah, we're just trying to keep an even keeled, balanced approach to the Canucks and what we think of them and some of the decisions that you know management's made over the years. I haven't always loved. I know Pete hasn't always loved, but... Right now, it's hard not to be excited with this team and the potential of uh, some playoffs come uh, April. Yeah, the playoffs are obviously a big topic, and I think we're definitely going to get into that a little bit more as this conversation flows on. But you guys, you talked a little bit about, you know, you and Pete and how every once in a while uh, you differ on topics and, and differences of opinion. But, you know, whatever seems to be there always and at all times is that you guys have a really strong chemistry together, and you can tell that obviously... Uh, when I found out that you worked together, it made a lot more sense to me. But what is it that makes you and Pete work? Uh, well, I think we, we're, both, we're both not afraid to kind of stand up for what we think, even if we're totally opposite on what we believe in. You know, if I think Jake Bertanen is terrible, which I have definitely thought that, you know, in the past, uh, past few years, you know, Pete's right there to kind of balance my negativity so to speak and <laughs> say hey you know what I know you're hard on Jake but look at other power forwards of his ilk a Todd Bertuzzi I mean Jerome McGillan actually seems to kind of hit the league in full stride and didn't take as long to develop but some of these other power forward guys it took him a lot longer you know and he always preaches patience young grasshopper to me <laughs> yeah that's awesome Bertanen's uh, really come a long way this year uh, and I know that you're a huge Brock Besser fan, you know, as we met down at the game there. And uh, you're, uh, I just want to know your thoughts on Br- Brock Besser's play kind of the whole season as of late. 
And what your thoughts are with him kind of, I don't know if it's with him on the third line, if it's a demotion or if it's kind of just something where Green's trying to get him the puck more because he's kind of fallen to a third wheel on uh, the lotto line. Yeah, it's, it, the Brock Besser thing's interesting because you're, you're right, Braden. Uh, he is my favorite current Canuck. Um, although Quinn Hughes is definitely starting to climb the ladder, so to speak. But with Brock, it's, it, it's interesting because the points are there. The goals aren't really there, mm-hmm. but he's still top three on the team in points. I think Green's really just trying to motivate him and also obviously reward Buchanan for the great play you know, he's been having the last month and a half, two months. I think obviously Besser's been going through a lot of personal issues last this last year with his the health of his father and stuff like that. I don't know what it is. I think... Besser just, for whatever reason, he just doesn't look the same. I know the points are there, but he seems hesitant to get a shot off. There are those games when he starts to get a little bit more engaged and he is shooting the puck more and you notice it. And you're like, oh, he looks really good tonight. One thing I've kind of been touting the last few weeks here, and since you guys are the PP1 podcast, I was saying, I honestly think that I would like to see Brock maybe slip down to the second unit power play. I just feel like currently, right now, the first unit is really stagnant. you got PD on one side, who's not doing anything except for standing still, waiting for the puck to get to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Besser on the other side. Miller obviously has a great shot. Um, so I would like to maybe see Besser move down to the second unit power play. I think that might get him, you know, some more power play goals. Uh, Pete put the stat out. Mm-hmm. Pete's definitely the stats guy on our team. Um, <laughs> but he put the stat out, I, I believe... He said Besser hasn't scored a goal, a power play goal, pardon me, since either late November, early yeah. December. Yeah. So obviously something's not working with Besser on the power play, as, as far as goals go, go. But I'm not too worried about him. I know there's a lot of people talking about, ooh, Besser for Dumba. You know, Besser wants to go back to Minnesota. I think that's all just, you know, hearsay and smoke. You saw Petey... Uh, with uh, money he won at the All-Star game, he don- donated half of it to the Parkinson's um, branch in Vancouver and the other half to a Parkinson's branch in Minnesota. And yeah, was, that, that was crazy. On- oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And obviously that's in honor of uh, Besser's dad, Duke. So mm-hmm. obviously there's great camaraderie between the two, between the whole team, actually. Um, and yeah, I think Besser just needs a little bit of motivation. And I think Green, one thing I would give Green credit He's always, you always hear this in the post game, especially when they get blown out. He's always like, we're honest with our players. And I'm sure they're talking with Bester, they're going through video with Bester, and they're trying to get him back on track. And, you know, unfortunately, he's always been a bit of a streaky scorer. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But, uh, you know, another streaky scorer, uh, Jake Furtanen. Um, this season, he's he hasn't been as streaky as he was the year before. Um, but I was just kind of curious, like, do you think that Vertanen, with the games he's played on that top line, do you think he's starting to become the better fit overall than Brock Besser? Or do you think that he's kind of one bad game away from, you know, Brock Besser getting that spot again? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think Vertanen's success, he can still have success playing on the third line. Besser, I, I don't know, I think Besser, because he is such a shooter, and quite often the third line's not getting the ice time that they're getting as the first uh, two lines, Besser's not a, doesn't have a chance to kind of get a shot off this often. I do think, ideally, you want Besser playing on the second line with Horvat, mm-hmm. but Louie, little things Louie, 
for whatever reason, and hey, I, I'm happy for him, and I'm happy as a Canucks fan, Looney's starting to produce, and he's mm-hmm. got some chemistry with Pearson and Horvat on that second line. I think the guy that, the, you know, the coaching staff's probably waiting to slip a little bit is Louie, and they would bump Besser up to the second line. Um, but you can't argue moving Best or Louie off the second line. And I would still give, I think Vertanen, and again, I've been very critical of Vertanen. I still think Vertanen's earned enough of a leash to stay on that first line, the mm-hmm. MVP line, as I'm hearing some people ah, I like that. Yeah, I've heard a couple of people on Twitter throw out the MVP line. That's perfect. Um, so I, I think he's earned a little bit more of a leash if he does, you know, have a couple of games where he looks to struggle or he's not getting generating any offense with them. I still think I'd run him out. I, I, I'd put him out there a little bit longer. Um, yeah, I mean, I like that comment about, you know, Green being really honest with his players. And I feel like that was... Uh, I feel like if we were running podcasts maybe a year or two ago, that probably would have been a topic of discussion for Vertanen's development. Because um, we heard a lot about that, you know, this is the things that Jake needs to work on. Jake's not getting the ice time that, you know, people think that he should get based on his performances and the type of work that he needs to do and the things that he needs to do to grow as a player. So, you know, I think that that really hits home. I think maybe there's just some stuff going on with Brock where that message is being deliv- delivered to him, maybe in a bit of a different way. So, I thought that's really you know smart of you the way that you're pointing that out. Um, when we're talking about the power play, uh, you know, and and Brock struggles on it. I, I think maybe just before I, I walked in here, I saw a stat that only three goals in the last nine games on the power play. On the power play, Please. so it sounds like maybe not just Brock, but the power play struggling on the whole. I mean, you're coach for a day, and this is going to be a theme for this podcast. What are you doing to fix this? Power play, the first unit, anyways, is just too stagnant. You have too many guys standing still. You have, in my opinion, too many shooters. You know, PD on the power play, he's a shooter. Bester on the power play, he's a shooter. I know Miller, you know, is great for the offensive uh, or for the faceoffs in the offensive zone, but I would also like to maybe see Horvat move down to the second unit of power play because I think Horvat is an, another great faceoff guy. And, there's nothing that kills momentum in a power play more than losing a faceoff yeah. and having the opposing team dump it down the end of the ice. And then there goes 20 seconds off your power play right off the bat. Definitely. So I think a more balanced approach. I still like the four forwards on the first unit. But, and again, I'm just throwing, you know, darts at the dartboard here. I would like a, the first unit power play to maybe look like something like Miller. Uh, I'd put Vertanen out there. I'd put, obviously, Petey out there. Quinn Hughes out there, and maybe someone like Tanner Pearson. Okay. And then for the for the second unit, I would go with Horvat, Besser, Russell, Edler, and Tyler Myers. So nice. yeah, that's a pretty cool mix. That's the first time I've heard Pearson on the top line. The the first unit mixed away from Horvat. Um, that's actually the first time that I've had Russell slotted in there as well. So. I think kind of a unique setup there. And I, I mean, who knows really at this point what would or wouldn't succeed. Do you think that the power play and its current struggles is more a result of personnel or systems? Uh, I think it's systems personally, because again, you've got guys that can put the puck in the net. They have great shots. And I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing that frustrates me more when you're seeing Quinn Hughes get over, out of his own zone, and as soon as he gets across center ice, 
he does a 180 and passes it back to a oh. Ford, like a Bo Horvat or a JT Miller or a Brock Besser even. Freeze, and brother. Oh, I hate that. I like the amount of times I feel like that backfires or that, you know, gives the defense an extra moment to kind of set up and to, to get in position. I just, I hate it. Especially when you got a guy like Quinn Hughes who generally skates circles around everybody on the ice. So that is one little tweak I'd like to see. I also don't think both unit, both power play units need to be doing the same thing. Right. You know, the first unit seems to be a unit that you want one of the two wingers to shoot the puck. Why can't the second unit, you know, almost play like a triangle and you have a big body in front of the net, like a Bull Horvat or, you know, Russell's not a big body, but he's a guy that definitely can, he's good at screening goalies and, you know, let shots from the point like an Edler or a Meyer shot kind of, you know, get through while he's trying to screen whatever the goalie is. I, sometimes I get frustrated because I feel like, both power play units are doing the exact same thing. Well, your personnel on both units aren't the same. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little heated here. No, hey, we love it. That's great. You, no, yeah, man. you talk all you want, buddy. Um, I'll switch things up a little bit for you, though. Um, if you're, We're going to put you in the shoes of Mr. Jim Benning here. And, uh, you wouldn't be Jim Benning, of course. You'd be Doug Van. Doug Van. We wouldn't be, pay- <laughs> we wouldn't be paying you like Jim Benning. But, um, unfortunately. And... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, we got a bit of a dilemma with the amount of cap dollars we have at the end of this season. Um, we might have to kind of cut one or two players to kind of fit what we need. And um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, you know the whole Tanner Stetcher kind of situation. So I'd like to know your opinion on it all. If you had to pick one player to sign and one player to let walk or trade, who would you pick and why? And uh, would you be willing to... Um, to, what would you be willing to offer your choice in terms of dollars and year? Well, I think with Troy Stetcher, it's a little bit more concrete, the situation, right? The Canucks would just offer him a qualifying deal, I think. Mm-hmm. The issue with that is, like, I think the qualifying offer is going to probably be around $2.1 or $2.3 million. I don't know if that prices the Canucks out with Stetcher. With Tanev... I feel like he is pretty loyal to the team. I would assume Tanev's going to want a bit of a wage increase. Mm-hmm. Tanev has been touch wood. He's been healthy this year um, for the most part. But I don't know. Like We also have guys coming up in the system. you got Brogan Rafferty who's you know, unbelie- putting up points at an unbelievable rate in the AHL. I know he's a bit older. For most rookie AHL players, because uh, he did the full four years in college, but he's looking like a legitimate prospect and a legitimate NHL player at some point. And there's all these rumors swirling about Nikita Triamkin coming up back over. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit hesitant with Triamkin. Uh, I I liked what I saw when he was over here. Obviously, he's got you know physical, natural ability, and he's a pretty good skater for his size. But I think going back to the KHL for the last two or three years, mm-hmm. he's probably picked up some bad habits. Mm-hmm. And I know some of his coaches have said that, you know, sometimes he's complacent and he gets a little bit lazy. So Trampkin, as much as I'd like to see him come back, I'm still a little bit hesitant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Troy from Richmond, but I think Chris Tanev would be the guy that I would probably prefer yeah. on my team. I just don't know what you're going to be able to get. If Tanev's going to want to fold the money, I think Toronto mm-hmm. is a team that's going to be looking to add a defenseman like Tanev. And they'll probably back up the Brinks truck. I know they'll have to move some salary out. Everybody and their mom wants to ship Nylander out of Toronto this year, even though he's probably mm-hmm. been their 
most consistent forward. Um, but I definitely see Tanev as a guy that, if he's willing to stay in Vancouver and take a little bit less money, are you going to have to give him a full no-trade clause, right? And that is right. something that I think a lot of people unjustly criticize Jim Benning for, is that they say, oh, he gives out these crazy contracts and you know the money he's throwing out there. I get it. For me, the money's not as much of an issue as the term, but the one thing Gillis hasn't done that, or sorry, the one thing that Benning hasn't done that Gillis used to do all the time is give out no trade clauses or no right. movement clauses, handcuffing the team to these players, much like a Ryan Kessler, or much like, you know, uh, luckily he was willing to move his, or to waive his no trade, but an Alex Burroughs. So, you know, is it worth it to sign a guy like Alex, or Chris Canna to a five-year deal at, say, $5.5 million, but you have to give him a full no-move clause? And with his health risks in the past couple of years, I don't know if I'd be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. So then you're probably talking about a $6 million contract per to get Canna signed, and I think that might price the Canucks out. Yeah, I think the question you got to ask yourself, in, in a sense, is, okay, what's more valuable to the Vancouver Canucks? Chris Tanev playing, I don't know, an average of, what, 60 games of the year, or a, or a fully healthy Troy Stetcher? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I definitely think Stetcher has a lot more of untapped, untapped potential. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't gotten to yet. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is ice time. A lot of that is deployment by Green and the coaching staff. Um, I do like Stetcher's game. I think he actually plays with a little bit of an edge for a guy his size but is he that defensive shutdown guy that Tanev is no no definitely not yeah, and I think he, the Canucks D needs more guys like that yeah you, I think you, you place Troy Stetcher say with a guy like Quinn Hughes as to replace Chris Tanev you're not exactly getting the offensive defenseman and the defensive defenseman together where you're kind of just got you know, all the offense rolling there right so I think Tanev brings actually a lot more value to this team than Troy Stetcher does personally I just think it's a it's just a question of you know that injury bug and you know and he's also like thirty years old now. So yeah, I don't I don't know but if I'm mean, fully on board with the with the Stetcher is a, a not being a defensive li- liability, but not being a defensive no. stud. I think uh, what that what that pairing could possibly do from a possession standpoint. Uh, you know, I don't know how much they would even be in their own end, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. that Stetcher is an offensive barn burner at any rate, but. I think you're right, though, Doug. I think there's some untapped potential there, and and every player that Troy's played with over the past two seasons, when injuries have appeared, he's made them better. So I, I, you're right. I think he's almost being wasted there on that third spot, and I don't know who the the proper solution is, but I know I feel like I know who has more value in a possible trade. Um, so I'm gonna leave, make you leave your your GM hat on for a little bit, and maybe add a little bit of a crystal ball. But it's trade deadline. Um, are you are you a buyer? Are you a seller? You know, if you are, who are you targeting? And you know, when I say who are you targeting, like who are you thinking of moving off of our roster if that's the case, or if we're in a position to buy? What kind of what kind of spot are we looking to purchase, and, and what kind of player do you want? Well, it's kind of tough at the moment because we can't trade our first round pick this year because mm-hmm. of the JT Miller trade. Yeah. If we don't make the playoffs, we get to retain that pick. If we do make the playoffs, that pick goes to Tampa. I don't want to trade a second round pick because then we've traded our first and our second round pick this year. So you're looking at trading maybe a prospect like maybe a Tyler Madden. I don't know how much value a guy like Jet Wu has. Uh, Cole Lind has made some amazing strides this year in the AHL. Mm -hmm. But is Cole Lind the guy that you look to move? Because right now, 
in your prospect pool, at least in my mind, you got Pod Colson and Hoglander one and two, mm-hmm. and then you kind of got Neeland or pardon me, uh, Lind and uh, Madden kind of three and four. Right now, Lind might be a little bit ahead of Madden, considering that he's playing in the AHL, he's playing professional hockey. Uh, you don't even know if Tyler Madden will even turn pro at the end of this year. But you're looking to trade probably either Lind, Madden, and then maybe another prospect or maybe another draft pick. If I was, and I thought, and I believed that this team was, you know, going to make that push, I would be looking at a guy like Kyle Palmieri. I really like Kyle Palmieri. He reminds me a lot of a JT Miller. I think he would be a perfect fit on that second line with Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson. Um, so he'd be a guy I'd be looking at. I don't know what you would be having to give up to get a guy like Paul Mary. I believe he has one more year left after this year. But at the end of the day, and again, I want the Canucks to make the playoffs, and I do think this team can make the playoffs. But do any of us honestly believe this is a cup-contending team? No. 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 Exactly. So why would you give up a prospect on a year that you're not really expecting to go all the way? Now, look, goalies catch fire. We've seen guys like Cam Ward. Jordan Bennington last year, and I know the Blues are a good team, regardless of Jordan Bennington going on that crazy hot streak. Mm-hmm. Um, J.S. Shaguer comes to mind with Anaheim, oh, got them yeah. in the cup final. They didn't actually finish, but, you know, he got them there. I just don't see the, the, this Canucks team currently getting that far. So I would be very reluctant trying to give up any of my future assets to just make it to the playoffs. So I would stand pat, um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be a seller either because I do think this team actually has really good chemistry. And I think you're seeing this young group grow together and starting to develop that chemistry and develop that relationship for one another. And we're seeing it the last couple of games. One criticism every Canucks fan has had over the past five, six years, pretty much since Kessler and Burroughs left, is nobody stands up for each other. You know, you see guys get run all the time when... Besser took a couple of big hits his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the defenseman, or maybe it was a forward, maybe it was Kyle Clifford on L.A. took that run at Besser, and no one did anything. Besser got the best revenge possible and scored a power play goal right after. But now you're seeing that. Petey stood up for Quinn Hughes last game. Mm-hmm. You know, you're seeing Bo Horvat get in the mix with stuff like that. So I wouldn't really want to mess with the chemistry right now in, in the room. Obviously, free agency is a different thing. If a guy chooses to leave... That's his own prerogative, but I would probably stand pat. And I know that's kind of a cop out answer, but hey. On that on that note, I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head there. I think there's a lot of chemistry to be formed if we're talking about guys standing up for one one another. And I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this Calgary and Edmonton game that's happening right now. Um, we're not watching it because we're doing this podcast, but you know, there's been a lot of talk back and forth, a lot of bad blood theoretically during the All Star game. Um, we know Brady Kachuk can run his mouth. We know he's a physical guy. He's also defended himself. Not Matthew Kachuk. Sorry. Yeah. Brady. Uh, Kachuk's, you know, he's run his mouth. He's also a physical guy. And he's had seven fights in his career. Um, but but Lucic has stepped in saying that he's going to handle it, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. do you think that there's room in the league still for guys like Lucic? And we know that he's not a pure enforcer, but he's really sort of playing that role of team cop and protecting. And, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I definitely think there is a spot for a guy like Lucic or a guy like Cassian who just signed an extension with the Oilers today. Yeah. But I, 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 I don't know, you know, in five years from now, if guys like that are going to be around. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the playoffs are a different animal, and you don't really see guys fight. You don't really see guys take runs at each other. The last big playoff, you know, brawl I remembered. I don't even think there was actually a brawl in the playoffs. It wasn't until the next, uh, the following season when the two teams met again was uh, Claude Lemieux smashing Chris Draper's face into the boards. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it was brutal. But even in the playoffs, you didn't really see retribution because, again, in the playoffs, every game is important and you want – the object is to get to be the last team standing. And you don't want to be that guy, Nazem Kadri, that, you know, causes your team to go on an ill-advised penalty kill and potentially give the your opponent a chance to score a goal. Um, I think – the whole point of the enforcer, I think, was and is to keep the honest honest and to keep those guys like a Matthew Kachuk or calling it back to a Canuck, uh, Matt Cook, from running around taking cheap shots at everybody and never willing to actually drop the gloves to stand up for themselves and fight. I, I hate to say it, but a lot of this can be stopped if these guys who are running around throwing these blindside hits on each guys we just stand up and fight. That's all they have to do is stand up and fight. Now, yeah. I get it. I'm not a fighter myself. I'm not a tough guy. I'm not telling these guys they have to start a fight. But I, I look back at like the Steve Moore incident. And Moore didn't fight after that cheap shot on Naslin. He didn't want to fight anybody. I'm not by any means condoning what Todd Bertuzzi did or the way it went down. But Bertuzzi was trying to protect his teammate and stand up for his teammate's honor. And even if it was just one of those, you hold on to the guy's jersey for dear life mm-hmm. and try to take as you know the least amount of punches as possible, that whole situation would have ended there. There you go. Good take. I feel like I need to cleanse my mouth a little bit talking about Edmonton and Calgary in the same <laughs> sentence. So we're going to change gears. Got a real hard-hitting question for you. We know that you just started watching The Watchmen. Why yes. should I be watching this show? <laughs> uh, did you like the graphic novel or the the uh, the movie? Yeah, we're, I, we're, we're, I was down on both of those. Yeah. I was down on the graphic novel, but the movie, not so much. I, I like, so what I would say is you definitely want to watch the movie again. Because I didn't realize there were such strong ties to the movie. I know obviously it's in the same world, but like some of the characters from the movie are older in the TV series. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing that's great, guys. You have one season to commit to. It's not like they're going to do a run of six seasons. They've already said this is the one and only season of Ooh, the show. I like so that. It's not like, oh, great, now I'm hooked on this show for the next six years, kind of thing like <laughs> The Sopranos or Game of Thrones. So I say it's definitely worth your time. The music in it is great. Uh, the acting's great. And it's it's definitely a little bit different than the movie or the graphic novel. Okay. But it's good, I, I recently just started watching this show called Breaking Bad, and oh, yeah. I just I found out that the main character has cancer, so it's probably only going to be one season as well. <laughs> oh, man. <That's> <laughs> but I, I want to bring this back to the Flames Weather just a little bit here. Um, I know this is a Canucks podcast, but that's the funny thing about it is uh, as Canucks fans... It's just it's great to see this rival between those two teams, right? And then it's 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 fine. Let's let them beat the crap out of each other, right? I agree. And I mean that's only gonna it's only gonna help the Canucks. Uh, but as it stands right now, I believe if the playoffs started today, we would be playing against the Arizona Coyotes. Um, who would you want the Canucks to, to play in the first round? I would I would honestly want to play and. Uh, 
it sounds a little bit crazy to say you want to play the team that has the best player in the world, but I would want to play Edmonton. Why, Edmonton why is that? Is, I think they're a slow team. I don't really trust their goaltending. Um, and, yeah, I just I, I think Edmonton is so top-heavy. Mm-hmm. And I do think the Canucks, the one thing i got to give credit to, you know, the management group and the coaching staff this year is I do think the Canucks actually have depth. Yeah. And if they can stay healthy, if you're looking at a guy like Brandon Sutter who's playing on your fourth line, mm-hmm. but he's making an impact on that fourth line. He is a really good penalty killer still. He's a great face-off guy. Uh, I think the Canucks have great face-off guys, one through four. You got Miller, you got Horvat, you got Sutter, you've got Beagle. So, you know, we're a team that can be a possession team, which stops guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl from having the puck on their stick. So that would be the team I'd want to play. Arizona, I know, you know, they've been a laughing stock for years, but I don't know what it is, man. They just had our number the last couple of years. Right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to play them. That's kind of a scary team. No, they're a scary team for sure. They are. Doug, with this perch atop the division right now, what's your thoughts on that? Is this mirage? Is this the real thing? Is it a consequence of the the div just being even and we're kind of floating to the top? Like, what do you what do you think about that current spot and what do you think the Canucks are in it? What's tell me about it? Well, the league as a whole, there's just so much parity, you know, in the Eastern Conference and in the West, more so in the West at the moment, especially in the Pacific Division. But uh, yeah, it's just a parity league, and right now with teams. You know, getting that extra point for overtime losses, it's just made every team way more sandwiched together. I don't know what you guys would think about, instead of having, you know, get rid of the loser point in overtime altogether, or having everyone count as three points. I believe that would give more separation between teams. I think the Canucks are a playoff team. I don't know, I wouldn't say that they're probably, you know, the best team in the Pacific, but... Vegas is stumbling this year. Calgary, obviously, they had the whole Bill, Bill Peters thing, and they're struggling this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Edmonton is Edmonton, and, you know, until they're able to kind of get more depth and have more balanced scoring, I don't think Edmonton's going to be a team that's going to get too far in the playoffs. Arizona's a team that, again, scares me. I think they're a team that could definitely, you know, potentially become the end of the season as the leaders in the Pacific Division. But I don't think the Canucks are out of it. You know, if Vegas gets hot, and I'm sure Vegas is going to put all their chips, you know, on the table and, you know, be the biggest buyers. I'm calling it now the biggest buyers at the trade deadline is going to be the, lot, the Vegas Golden Knights. Ooh. But uh, I, definitely, I definitely think the Canucks could finish second or third in the division. Yeah, speaking of uh, Vegas, man, I, uh, when I was down there, I know that you were, uh, you're engaged. <laughs> awesome, man. congrats. Uh, do you know uh, what, when the wedding's going to be? And uh, speaking of Vegas, like, bachelor party. Well, hey, hey. Canucks, Canucks <laughs> Vegas, Golden Knights? You want to you wanna tag, we'll tag along. We'll be your bachelors, man. Hey, dude, we'll do the Canucks podcast uh, uh, bachelor party. Uh, we haven't set a date yet. Uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, we were, I guess I'll say we were having a conversation about it, but in theory it was probably more of an argument. Uh, you know, okay. trying to figure out a date. Um, but yeah, we're looking probably the summer of 2021 is kind of, you know, what we've got. Uh, but, you know, you're trying to get 50, 60 people all together. You know, uh, my fiance is from Australia, so we decided to have the wedding here in BC. So her family will be flying over from Australia. So the logistics of that, you know, it just makes it a lot tougher uh, than just, you know, having some of your family drive down from PG or from Kelowna or something like that. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, we're looking forward to it. 
All right, man. Well, if you had to pick one of the PP1 podcast guys to be your best man, who would it be? I would probably go with Ryan, just because I don't know him. <laughs> he's a wild card, right? Like, nice. I don't know if he's the guy at the end of the night that's going to be, you know, chugging the, the whiskey, or he's going to be shot, getting, you know, everyone in the wedding party to be shotgunning beers, or <laughs> he's going to say the very inappropriate speech, you know, at the cheers. So I would go with him just because I think he's a complete wild card, and I kind of like that. Speaking of whiskey... We know that you guys do a little bit of a thing on the speakeasy. What kind of whiskey should I be making for my next purchase? Ooh, uh, well, are you uh, are you into like scotch at the moment? Irish whiskey, bourbon. I think I'm gonna have to go with a, with with a bourbon would probably be the way to go. Maybe some sort of really peaty, mossy bourbon. Bourbon would be really great. Well, there's a there's a bourbon I picked up. It's not like super peaty, um, but there's a bourbon that. They finish it in, in peated casks. It's called, uh, the distillery is called Opiden. Uh, they're from uh, Wheeling, Illinois. Okay. So they're a small uh, distillery. And they have uh, one of their lines is Smoke and Sea. So it's, it's got a little bit of like smokiness to it, but not like overly smoky like a Lafroig or a Lagavulin. Okay. Um, another one I would recommend, which I've just seen pop up on the shelves here, and the price is good, and it's actually really, really good bourbon, is Weller Special Reserve. You can get a bottle for like 40 bucks, and it's really, really good bourbon. And it has, and again, some people freak out about this, but it has the same mash bill as Pappy, which is essentially, you know, the unicorn bottles of bourbon. <laughs> they usually sell for like $600, and then people resell them on the secondary market for anywhere between 25 to 3500 bucks. That's insane. So yeah. I'm not going to pretend to know that I know any of those previous ones that you mentioned. Um, <laughs> but what I do need you to do is probably tweet those recs to me, and then I can try to get into something a little later. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you say that you were describing that, that alcohol is peaty? Yeah, yes. it's like a peaty, earthy tone. Okay, well, speaking of the peaty, um, he's got 49 goals <laughs> in 268 shots in his career. That's 18.3% shooting average, which is fifth in the league in that span. Do you think Pedersen can maintain this level of performance? I mean, I think, I, I, I think he can. I mean, you look at the guy at the All-Star game, he, has, what, he hit 102 miles an hour. That was, I think, the second highest a forwards ever shot the puck at the All-Star game. Uh, he's got a howitzer, especially for how small he is. I mean, when the guy gets a little bit more meat on his bones, I think that shot's just going to get even deadlier. Um, I, 18% is a pretty crazy clip, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, he, he does have such a dynamic shot. And he's a guy that, when you have a guy like Quinn Hughes on your team beating you the puck, I think, I, think he can, I think he can at least be 14 15%. I mean, that's pretty reasonable to expect right now. I think that's pretty close to what Vertanen's shooting right now, too. So, um, coming down the home stretch here for questions, man, we got a few more for you. And we asked this one to everyone Are the Canucks in to the dance this year or are they out? Uh, I think they're in. I think the Pacific Division, I mean, the, the, the one thing that scares me is none of the teams are able to kind of get any ground from one another so I'm a little bit worried that if the Canucks go on a late season win the losing streak they might not make it but I do like the personnel they have and again touch wood they have been relatively healthy this year uh, I say the Canucks make the playoffs okay you I mean I don't know what the total tally is for people that have been on but I feel like there's definitely a lot more optimism than optimism than not 
Um, but yeah, I like that take. I like the idea that everybody's having trouble gaining ground and if everything sort of stays status quo, we're there, right? Absolutely. Um, okay, man, the floor is yours. Tell us what, what you're up to for the next little bit. It's, it's shameless plug time. You get the next minute or so. Where can we find you? What can people expect when they, when they come on to see you? What do you guys got working on the go? Um, you know, give us, give us the deets, man. Shameless plug. Go at it. I'm one half of the hosting duties on the Canucks Speakeasy podcast. Uh, my partner in crime is at Pete Gas or Pete Gas. And yeah, man, we just try to have a really balanced take. Uh, you can find the Canucks Speakeasy podcast at Canucks Speak. Uh, give me a follow at Doug Venn. That's V E N N, just like the diagrams. And yeah, man, I appreciate you guys reaching out to me, having me on the podcast. Pete and I got to finish the hat trick and get Ryan on the podcast. Yeah. And you know what, man? Like I said, it's just, it's a really cool community, man. It really is. And, you know, Pete and I have been trying to talk about getting a, you know, maybe next year or somewhere this year, if it works out for everybody, trying to get everybody to meet up together and, you know, have a couple of beers, break bread, so they say, and go to a game. Hey, maybe we'll make the playoffs this year and uh, we can come stay in the hostel with you guys and we can go to a game. Well... On that note, I can't wait to to share uh, you know share some bourbon, maybe a, a sip and some conversations over some time. Um, but one last cue to close it out: you get to pick the closing track as the guest star on a podcast. What song are you picking? Ooh, uh, is there like a theme? No, man. You can be as weird as you want to be. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you're putting me on the spot. That's really, really good. Well, we just kind of uh, thought that on your podcast, you know, you've been doing your whole. Uh, your song, your song list. There, we just we kind of wanted to uh, see what you like these days, man. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, Pete and I generally try to keep it like instrumental. Uh, you know what? I got it. Uh, I'm gonna go with Primal Scream, Loaded. I I can't say I've ever heard it, but I'm gonna have to check it out. We're just gonna I assume that it's good. You would you would probably recognize it, but the band is called Primal Scream, and the song is called Loaded. All right, man. Sounds good. Awesome, Doug. Well, we appreciate your time, and thanks for coming on. You guys uh, you guys are just killing it, so keep up the good work. Um, between you and Pete, you got a really good thing going on there, so we look forward to more episodes and more time with you guys. Thank you very much, and hey, give your guys your, yourselves a pat on the back, man. You guys are doing an amazing job as well, and the content you guys are putting out there is inspiring all of us to, to reach and be better, man. All right. Thanks, yeah, Doug. Yeah, Doug, man. You've been awesome. Have a, have a great day, buddy. Take care. You too, guys. Bye. All right. Peace. All right, dudes, that will pretty much wrap things up for episode 20. And as always, you can find my work at theCanuckWay.com. And you can find me on Twitter at BKUrsal23. And for Teddy here, you can find him on Twitter at T3. That's T-E-E, the number three, R-E-E. And as always, Ryan Hank at always94, 90-F-O-U-R. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. Well, wait, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party.
Just what is it that you want to do? I'm gonna get deep down, deep down. Said I'm gonna get deep down, deep down. Woo hey! What is it that you want to do? We want to get loaded, and we want to have a good time. Don't skip this ad. I saw your finger. You were trying to skip the ad. 
I didn't want to do this, and now we're stuck in it together. I'm Ryan. I'm the host of The Lens Report. The Lens Report is a snarky, humorous, yet balanced look at the headlines that fill your timeline every day. We're going to get straight to the point without muddying any of the waters. And remember, The Lens Report is not your parents' news commentary. We swear a lot here. Like a whole lot. So tune in and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and find us at criermedia.co or wherever you get your fine podcasts, like they say at the end of all of these ads. It's podcasting. Why are we doing ads? The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.